welcome to Blades Pod. My name is Ben. It's Wednesday, the 9th of September, and joining me today, back from his holiday, it is, of course, Andrew. How are you doing, mate? All right. You've, you've had your fun and your data and your facts with Jake and, and you know, proper analysis. Now we're back to toilet-based anecdotes. I'm not going to pronounce people's names. So. Yeah, toilet-based <laughs> anecdotes, getting ditched by your dad in the pub. I can't wait. Exactly, all the all the memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Are you, are you fully refreshed from your your holiday, your, your pre-season holiday? Before we get back into it, I always feel like you're more knackered after holidays. To be fair, I was absolutely amazed that I didn't have to do a, a, a view for on transfers when I were away. That was my biggest fear because, I've like I said before, that the, the reception in Filey and stuff, like internet reception, is just non-existent. So we're having to go to pubs to get like the international view froms and stuff. It was a good excuse to go to the pub, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> but I really, I'm surprised that I was thinking, oh, I bet there's going to be like four or five signings. But obviously, they've come this week, haven't they? Instead, so yeah, they very generously waited, and uh, yeah, I think they're, they're possibly waiting for another one to be confirmed today yeah. as well so maybe that'll happen while we're recording who knows we'll find out but yes those those three signings the actual official confirmed ones are of course Ethan Ampadu on loan from Chelsea and then two wing backs from Derby Max Lowe and Jaden Bogle um how, how do you want to do this do you want to do you want to sort of uh pick on one in particular or talk talk generally about them I'll, I'll let you uh I'll let you steer the conversation mate go ahead I have to admit, I, I sort of, I didn't really understand, didn't really know much. I think it was you who sent it me actually about the the Bogle and Low deals, and they came out of nowhere, didn't they? To be honest, yes, well, no, no, no rumours at all. Well, I, I wanted, I wanted to pick up on that actually, because um, I thought that was quite significant. I think that was what was that like Saturday, maybe something. Saturday, like that? Saturday, yeah, yeah. I got back, I sort of like. I'm knackered when I got back, sort of lazing around in bed a little bit, and then I got this thing, whoa, who are they? <laughs> yeah, so that was Saturday, and they signed on Monday, I believe, right? Yeah, that's right, that's yeah. Right, yeah, um, that's right, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I, I did think that was quite significant, because obviously uh, we have been very publicly quite far down the road with um, with Matty Cash and mm. Anthony Robinson, and then both of them for, well, I think it's fair to say for financial reasons, became, you know, they, they moved out of, uh, either I guess what our resources would allow or what we were willing to pay for yeah. them or pay them um, and yeah so that, those like you know they were kind of in the public eye for a couple of weeks and it, it you know I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that like uh, you know because it was in the sun or something that Villa was suddenly like oh we should try and sign this player as well <laughs> but yeah you've got to wonder if this is just coincidence or if it is actually you know a bit more of a ploy to go a little bit less Public, a bit more secretive about who we're it's after. Insane. I found it insane how they kept it under under wraps. To be fair, yeah, unless it was just like a you know a fairly late realization that these two players were available. I mean, mm. possibly not a coincidence that um, the EFL news came out on the same day. I think that these two signed. Possibly, or, yeah. Which possibly. is possibly. I, I was talking. To, I don't want to give his name, but I were talking to someone who uh, works for Derby, and um, they were basically saying that United. Sort of uh, had an interest. I don't know how true this is. Obviously, you can take it with a pinch of salt. But he said he they had an interest in Bogle, and then Lowe was actually sort of from Derby's end saying, "Well, do you want this guy as well for a combined?" Do you know what I mean? So, mm. and it makes sense because obviously we needed both sides, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think right wing back cover and you know possible upgrade, as we talked about on previous podcasts, was mm. one of the the main priorities. I would have said for this summer, um, yeah. and obviously, yeah, wing backs on both sides. 
Um, I've got to be honest, I didn't know too much about Max Lowe. I don't think I've seen yeah. him play, but Jaden Bogle, I have seen play, and he is a very exciting signing for me. And yeah, to get these yeah. four, I think it's reported at about 10, 11 million. Mm. You know, that is yeah. not to do it again, but you know, to get two wing backs for less than uh, what Matty Cash ended up going for. It's yeah. quite gratifying, and you know, I, I don't think there's much difference between Bogle and Cash, to be honest. If anything, no, no. I mean, and this is the thing as well that I've seen a few, and I understand this, but I understand that people are saying, "Well, we've not improved our first team and stuff," and you know, and all this sort of. The problem is, it, it we're going to be difficult to improve the first team because of who do you drop other than the strikers? Where I think you can probably say, "Yeah, they could have done better last season in terms of, in terms of you know scoring and whatever." Whether you bring, you bring talk about Matty Cash, sixteen million pound, and I, and we were saying, well, it'd be competition for for Baldock. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's a difficult one, and I think what we've decided to go for, um, and Ramsdale backs this up as well, and probably even Oliver Burke if he comes in. We bought players that probably eventually take over from the the the, the current team, which I think's really intelligent transfers to be fair because it's not a case of they're all they're obviously going to put pressure on him and everything like that but they are for the future they can only get better you would think the likes of bogle and low and burke and all these sort of people so they are all sort of si- young signings who you hope can develop with us and then you've got to remember when we brought stevens baldock and they didn't have anything like the track record that low and bogle have got no and i would say uh particularly with bogle i would say that he is better now than baldock was when he signed for us and you know we've obviously, we've obviously yeah. seen the the massive uh, evolution of um, of Baldock in the last couple of years, and yeah, hopefully both of these can go down the same sort of path. I suppose. I mean, yeah, what you said there about the, um, the first thing. I mean, that does seem to be very clearly our strategy for this summer, isn't it? Of like, just it's almost not it's not worth investing in the first team if you like, as in signing uh, you know upgrades or for players that are playing pretty much every week. We want. We want depth, which we absolutely needed, of course. But yeah, we had, you know we had that one glaring position of need, which was goalkeeper, because we you know we basically didn't have one with you know with respect to uh, Simon Moore and um, and Verips. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know all signs point to them not being Premier League standard. Um, so we filled that hole. You know that's where a, a large amount of our budget obviously went to. But then yeah, this is these three signings. I mean they they give us cover in positions that we really need, and yeah, yeah. particularly. You know, the two guys who are permanent signings could potentially go on to be the new starters, I suppose. I mean, Bogle particularly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he's 20 years old. He's already got two full seasons of championship football in his legs. And, you know, at a pretty good standard. I know Derby kind of dropped off a bit last year, albeit I think that was possibly down to the the lone players no longer being there. I mean... That's probably true, yeah. Very you know, true. Bogle had Mason Mount. They were good, weren't they, last year, even though he wasn't as explosive or whatever. I think mm. they played in a different way from what I can gather. I've looked at Jay's analysis on it, and I looked at Benjamin Bloom's video as well, who did a good piece on him. Mm. And it seems like they, they sort of changed the way they played a little bit, and he wasn't really given the licence to attack quite as much as he was uh, in his first season under Lampard. By, by the sounds of it, under Lampard, he was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, more assists than any other defender in the championship over the last two seasons. Very fast, good dribbler, good cross. I'm really excited about him. I think he's yeah, he's a player I hadn't really considered might be available to us, to be honest, at this kind of price. I mean, if you told me we'd spent like, I guess, 10 plus million just on Bogle, I probably would have not really blinked at it in terms of like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably what he's worth. I think that's what, that's what my expectation would have been. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really like that he's got all that football in him already. You know, he's he is really young still, but 
you know, he's kind of from like an athletic fitness point of view, you know, to get through the whole season. He's mm. already shown that he can do that, so we're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not, we're not, not, we're not like taking a chance on you know someone who's uh, well, no longer a teenager, recently turned twenty, um, and hoping that they have the like the phys- the physical development that can like cope in our system and a full season. It's already the evidence is already there, so yeah, that's that's mm. a really exciting one. Um, and then yeah, on the other side, Max Lowe, good cover for Ender, and uh, I guess suggests we're happy with Osborne in midfield, although. Can still fill there in a pinch, I suppose, mm-hmm. if it comes down to it. Um, what about Ampadu? The fact he's young as well, like I said, we all know we need a death, but we've brought two people in there in those positions who are young enough to make that position their own. I think that's quite important. We've not just brought a 33 year old, you know, fullback in yeah. to sort of make up the numbers for a season. These people, you'd imagine these two are going to be with us for at least three, four, five years, all being well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, on that point, we've obviously. Uh, I'm just trying to think now. So the last, the last few windows, I suppose, you've obviously got like 37 year old Jagielka or whatever it was. I think yeah. Luke, Luke Freeman was 27, I think. But generally, we're definitely targeted younger players. I mean, I think McBurney was 23 when he signed. Robinson 24, Musa 23, Berger was 22, Ramsdale is 22, Lowe's 23, Bogle's 20. I mean, Ampadu's only on loan, but he's 20 as well. So yeah, yeah, that's good to see bringing the overall age of the squad down. I think. Um, any, uh, what are your thoughts on Ampadu? I obviously I remember when he first came into the team and he, he got in the Wales squad, didn't he? About seventeen years old or something like that. Really young. I remember yeah. watching him for Wales in his debut, and I thought this guy's really young. Know, he's going to make it. And, and then he sort of obviously went. I've seen obviously went to on loan in Germany and stuff. And he's obviously a, a real prospect, isn't he? and I think I think everybody. He's one of those weird players where I don't think he's played a single Premier League game, but I imagine most people know who he is. <laughs> Yeah, he's got a, he, he has one single appearance in the Premier League so far, yeah. a whole eleven minutes. I'm just looking now. He's actually played more internationals with Wales than uh, league games at this point in his career, which is that really surprised me because yeah, like you say, I've, I've been aware of him for I would say a good three years, maybe yeah. something like that. He signed from so he started at Exeter uh, and Chelsea signed him in 2017. Yeah, I, I don't know. Strange. Maybe it was just his hair that made me. Uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. He did stand out, but obviously, I got the view from from him, and that it was so positive from the Chelsea fans. Like a lot of them wanted him instead of. They're obviously linked with Declan Rice, mm. and a lot of them were saying, you know, I'd rather have this guy than Declan Rice. Which, whatever you think about Declan Rice, he's you know he's a multi-million pound player, so he could be a really good side in this if they're right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on on that note, I suppose. I mean, I, I guess he's primarily brought here as a centre back, but he can play in that sort of uh, holding midfield role as well. Mm-hmm. But I just, ah, just, this is one of those where it's like, I don't think we would be able to permanently sign someone with this level of ability right now, I don't think. No, so, no, no. you know, as a loan signing, it has like really high upside for us, I think. And yeah, this is, you know, this is your cover for Basham on the right. It's uh, your cover for Egan in the middle, I think, which is, it's very makes me very happy because I was yeah. a little bit concerned going into the season with uh, still just Jackie Ilker as our backup for the. I have to admit, on the pre-season games which I watched, uh, another excuse was the pub uh, to uh, <laughs> to watch the pre-season games. I were a bit concerned with Jackie Elker to be honest, just in terms of his pace. It's obviously only pre-season and stuff, but yeah. I did say on the pod obviously a couple of weeks ago that. I would be really worried if Egan had got a long-term injury, and now we've got another guy in there. So yeah, he's uh, excellent on the ball. You know, loves to step out of defence. Really good passer as well, um, which is why he could potentially play defensive midfield. I just think that's a great signing for us, and you know, probably getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But maybe he's a player who could become permanently available if he has a good season. I mean, it's going to be an effort to crack Chelsea's squad. I think you know, you know, they yeah. are a. 
they're one of those super clubs that are just going to they're just going to parachute in a you know sixty million pound central defender at some point, um, yeah. unless Ampadu's development is like ridiculous over the next twelve months or so. So yeah, this um, I think that's great business all around. To be honest, I mean, I was just um, you know for for that kind of squad depth kind of thing. I think they said. I think it was in our player ratings. That, um, I said, you know, I was a bit concerned about how our right hand side shapes up if Basham gets injured. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it suddenly looks a little bit weak. Well, it's not anymore. I mean, you know, Ampadu can cover for Basham. Bogle yeah. covers for Baldock on right centre midfield. It looks like Lundstrom's going to stick around now. So mm. you have uh, Bogle also started as a winger as well, which you know yeah. I know we don't go to that often or if if at all, but it's another option, isn't it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and the right right side of midfield, we have Berger and Lundstrom now. Cause it, it looks like Berger's going to play that position as well. So you know that's that's arguably our you know that that does compare very favourably now with um, O'Connell, Fleck, and Stevens down the left. And hopefully this right hand side will be as productive as the left was last yeah. season in terms of. Um, you know, assists, goals, etc. So, well, I think the thing, the feeling is, Balder got took off a couple of times last season um, in the cup games. I remember against uh, when Kieran Freeman came on, we needed a goal, hmm. um, and we all he's fantastic. We've said it on the pod many a time. He's fantastic defensively. I can see Bogle coming in maybe as a sub initially if if games are running away from us, rather than changing the entire shape, hmm. put more attacking attack minded wing back on. You know, yeah, I, I absolutely think that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I really, I thought this was quite bold in a way. I, I like that we've just, we've basically just seen our two wing backs have, I would say, unquestionably the best two seasons of their whole careers. Yeah. And now we've just signed two players who, you know, ostensibly with a view to replace them in a couple of seasons. I, I really yeah. Yeah. love that approach about um, Wilders United. You know, there's there's no standing still. It's all about. You know what you've done in the past is great, but it's all about what you can do next. And yeah, this is this is so important. It frustrated me with the, some of the comments that I saw. Only a minority, to be fair. But they were saying we need first teamers. We need to improve. The, we have not, you know, the the first eleven against Wolves are going to be the same as last season. But who would you bring in to replace those players immediately who have had such a say? Who would you drop? It's you incredibly know, hard. Yeah. You, you're bringing like I mean, you know, you're bringing a defensive midfielder in to drop Norwood, or uh, people are then be saying we shouldn't be dropping Norwood. You know, you know what I mean. Whoever yeah. we bring in, people are going to be saying, well, that's that's harsh. Maybe yeah. people are like we need a centre half, but who do you bring in as a centre half to replace those three people immediately? Yeah. Which one do you leave out? Yes, indeed. Yes, uh, I mean the way to think about it is like, you know, Bogle is the upgrade on Kieran Freeman. Um, yeah. Ampadu is the upgrade on Jagielka or Jack Rodwell, you know yeah. that kind of. Thing. Uh, Max Lowe is the upgrade on literally no one to cover yeah, Ben Osborne or, or Ben Osborne. Ben Osborne, yeah. yeah. Um, just one final note on um, the Ampadu loan. Actually, um, a slightly weird move for him, I thought, given that. Um, Presumably, Chelsea want him to play some games at some point for for actual <laughs> league teams. A lot um, of their fans were saying that on the view from like he's not going to get into their team. Why are we sending? So someone actually said I'd rather send him to a team who's battling against relegation. Like get in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're not one of those over there anymore. But I, I, yeah, I do understand that feel. I, I mean, a couple of Chelsea fans said I'd rather because Fulham were linked with him, obviously. Mm. <laughs> And uh, and people were saying I'd rather have gone on loan to Fulham, and I understand that from a Chelsea fan's point of view because you would have thought it'd have had a better chance of getting in their team than ours. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, because he's not. I mean, he's, he's certainly not going to be a, a day one starter for us, is he? And I'll be amazed if he's in the in, in the team for Wolves. Yeah, I, I, I mean, really, the only the only way he gets a run in a side is if he has if he plays absolutely amazingly. You know, yeah. in, in limited appearances he gets, I suppose, or if somebody gets injured, obviously. But I yeah. think the thing is as well. Where I think I think a lot of clubs are expecting more. I mean, not just injuries. You, you, obviously, we don't know what's happening with the COVID situation and stuff. But you imagine we're going there's going to be players missing for a couple of weeks you know you imagine that a couple of players from each club throughout the season at least are going to pick up are going to be infected maybe by COVID and having to isolate and stuff so I think there's going to be more opportunities for for the squad players to play this season than there possibly was last year yeah and I I think he particularly will probably get um get quite a lot of minutes as a a player that allows us to change our formation on the fly a little bit which yeah I think is uh is a good string to his bow because yeah he can play that central Defence can play in midfield, so yeah, it's a good one. Um, we, uh, Oliver Burke, very, very strongly linked. Feels like it's going to be probably uh, confirmed at some point during this this podcast. I guess are you, are yeah. you just googling right now just to see if it's actually happened. I'm, I'll have a quick look now, but I don't think we signed some guy from uh, from Norway today. Uh, just a U team player who's gone straight on loan to the the Belgian club that the Prince owns is I forgot the name off the top of my head Beer Shot I believe that's the, that's the one Beer Shot I don't ever forget that yeah that's a nice <laughs> easy one though isn't it yeah Beer <laughs> Shot uh, um, but yeah we've signed well, that's just a U team signed but nothing on um, on Burke at the moment uh, but the thing with Burke we, we were talking about who's going to be the next Ravel Morrison and it looks like it's going to be Oliver Burke doesn't it yeah, a little bit. I mean, we don't know the details of like how this transfer is actually going to work. It sounds... I think the last thing from Sky was uh, Callum Robinson is going to join West Brom permanently and we take Burke on loan for the season, which I presume will include an option to buy. Otherwise, it doesn't totally make sense. So maybe we can talk about finances yeah. of it or the, the trade, I suppose, a different time when it's confirmed. Um, that is a strange, but I heard it were going to be a loan all I Hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, Burke is a funny one. Uh, fi- you know, Physically. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, in, in that respect. And also, I think like very few... Fans of the clubs that he's played for have very much positive to say about him at all. I don't think. Other than Forest fans who obviously burst on the scene there, they let him go for fifteen million, and they thought that were too cheap at the time. Yeah, um, he's a sort of striker who can play up front. Uh, excuse me, striker who can play on the wing as well. Um, I mean, you mentioned his his physique. He's a big lad. You know, he he's six foot two, pretty broad chested, but he is also apparently lightning fast like you know fast as possibly even faster than Moussa fast so well it do reminds me of not in i'm not comparing him to him at all but in terms of his physique and that uh traore mm. in that sense that you look at traore you think surely he can't run he's massive and then bang you know he's flying down the dying down the wing but yeah. look, the, the, the bits of cedarberg that's very similar you look at the size of him He's a proper athlete. There's no doubt about that. The problem is, according to West Brom fans, is that well, I like one of the, the views on West Brom for him where um, he, he reminds me of when a child tries to catch a balloon. <laughs> you know what it's like trying to control a ball? It's like, it's like seeing a child try to catch a balloon. So Some people say like he'd have been better being a sprinter. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, you, you don't go for £30 million. Pounds, you wouldn't have thought before you're 22 years old if you didn't have something. Yeah, indeed, um, and I think you know we are lacking we are lacking a bit of speed, aren't we? I mean, if you if you figure that Musa is, uh, you know, let's say Musa has a similar season to last season, where he's you know not not the kind of player we can rely on to start twenty games or anything like that, or 
you know, be be fit every week almost. Yeah, if he got this, uh, yeah. you know, a really fast option to bring on or play on the counter attack or try and get you back into a game. I think fair enough. We'll we'll see how it we goes. We said it all last season, didn't we? We like pace. Everyone knew we like pace, and this is probably not the guy any of us thought he's going to be the answer. Mm. I do get it. I could see him coming on as a sub a lot of times if we're winning one nil, you know, and it, and we just need to hit the ball in the channels to give the defence a break, and he's just going to sprint and run after it. And I think we've missed whenever Moussa don't play, we definitely miss that sort of outlet. Yeah, I agree. Um, his previous managers, by the way, include Gary Megson, <laughs> Tony Pulis. Alan Pardew and, uh, and Slavin Bilic. Which I was going to not... write. I going to. I've wrote this down myself. I was going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a little different to Ravel Morrison, where you can go like, "Well, hang about." He's been managed by uh, Ferguson. Was it Allardyce as Allardyce, well? Yeah. Warner yeah, coming. Redknapp. Sorry, that's right. Yeah. yeah. We just think like, if none of those could get a tune out of him, then what's going on? I mean, yeah, I would say. Pretty confident saying that Wilder is by far the best manager um, he will have had up to this point in his career. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I think that one. It's yeah, it's, it's the kind of signing that will definitely raise some eyebrows, particularly when you get the uh, West Brom fans saying they can't wait to get rid of him. That yeah, kind of thing. Probably but... the first view from I've ever had for a player. I really struggled to get anything positive. I do try and get a balance of views, but there was nothing other than his fast. But, but at the same time, I think you said this to me actually that. It means that there's not much pressure on him. I don't think anyone's expecting him to come on and be, he is, here he is, the 20 goal a season strike. He's not Ollie Watkins for 33 million, is he, for instance? No, absolutely not. Right, um, so that is that is the transfer business as it stands. We will shortly get to uh, pre-season predictions and a little bit of pre-season preview, I suppose. Um, first of all, just for that we get to that, um, I restarted the Blades Pod Fantasy Premier League League. Um, so if you want the code for that, uh, check my Twitter at Bladespod, or it is five one two S S O. Are you uh, are you in for? FPL I'm in. This year? I'm in under uh, Rainbow Rhythms. <laughs> Rainbow Rhythms. Is play, play, play my uh, Roigbiv um, alias, and Rainbow Rhythms is a is a dance club off Peep Show, I think that they go. <laughs> So, well, yeah, combine one of my favourite sitcoms with my alias. So, yeah, Rainbow Rhythms, I'm in. But, yeah, I'm quite happy with my team, although I sent it to my friend who's uh, also, also joined and he said, rubbish. So, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> nice. I'm glad glad you're in for some friendly competition this year. Yeah, so... I've got Dan Byrne on my bench. So Blades legend Dan Byrne. So. <laughs> Excellent. Love that. I think I might have him in my team as well. Actually, you mentioned it. it was very cheap. Right, let's take a very, let's take a very quick break, uh, and then we'll come back and uh, do our season predictions. Let's take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. As you know, the start of the new football season is here, and what better way to celebrate and watch the match than with some of the best beer on the planet, courtesy of Beer Fifty Two. Beer 52 have the perfect beer for any occasion and they are offering eight free craft beers sourced and curated from the best brews on the planet. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash bladespod, cover just the $5.95 for the postage and they will send you a case of eight free beers. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every single month. Each month's case has a different theme and as an independent British company, Beer 52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene which they continue to support during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option plus your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. 
Don't worry though, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com slash bladespod to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's the word beer, then the number's 52.com slash bladespod. All right, we're back, and yeah, we're going to give our predictions for the new season. Uh, we did this last year. We're following similar sort of categories this year, a few tweaks, a few new ones. Um, not so good last year, I don't think, in our accuracy, generally. Yeah. We had a few things that I think were, were pretty good shouts. We obviously both said that United would stay up, and we uh, we nailed that one, although, yeah, they, uh, they had a much better season than I think even 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 our fairly optimistic takes had us yeah. to do. Um Let's start there, of course. I think that's got to be the, the right place to begin. And that is, of course, where will Sheffield United finish in this new season in the league? How will we do? Where will we finish? Go ahead. I've gone 14th. How have we both picked the same number? I even changed mine. You must have... Uh, I did. What did you have first? 12th. I fifteen. Okay, so, <laughs> so I've got more positive. You've got more negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Okay, so we, we broadly agree then. <laughs> That's unusual, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead. Go ahead. Explain. It's obviously a drop of five whole places. Yeah. yeah. I think it will be harder. I do think. I don't think. I don't believe in second season syndrome. I think two teams. Ever, I hate that term. I hate it. I think two teams ever who were top ten in the first season went down the next. It's just. It, it's just lazy journalism of like. Oh, they're a good season, so that definitely means they're going to struggle the next one. But that said, I do think there's a few games last season that went our way that could have gone the other way. Mm. I think we, I don't think we were lucky or anything like that. Things went against us as well, but there were a lot of close wins, weren't there, last season? And I'll be surprised if we keep as many clean sheets as well. I think that were a bit of a, I won't say a free, that's unfair on the players, but I'd, I'd, it'd be tough asking to get that amount of clean sheets again. So I think it was more of a struggle. I don't think, I think we're better than a lot of teams, and I think. It made me more positive actually when I went down the list when we did the um, what what play we have from each team. Mm. And I'm looking down the list of some of the clubs and you're thinking, hmm, these aren't very good. Yeah, <laughs> compared to like with some of the players we've got. And I think you know, be, I think the the same things will be. I think we'll still be good in defence. Maybe not as good, but I still think we'll be good in defence. I think the backups far better now if we get if we have injuries. I still think we'll probably struggle to score as much as other teams at the other end. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's broadly in line with with my kind of uh, reading of this as well. And we we'll get to uh, which teams we do think will get relegated next season. But yeah, we're both kind of predicting uh, mid table comfort here. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say actually, uh, and this is hopefully the last time I'll say second season syndrome on this podcast. <laughs> from the many previews I've read, written by um, journalists, analysts, and and other fans as well. That doesn't crop up a lot. We are not no. really in the predictions for relegation at all. It's interesting season. you say this. I'm, tra- I'm tra- currently trying to get a view from the media, you know, for the for a view from like I did last season. Really difficult because not a lot of people do. The, the reason I had so many views last year is because everyone was tipping us to go down. Yeah. So I could say, right, he said this, he said that. We're not being mentioned. We're, we are just not being mentioned from what I can see by most sort of publications, papers, media no one's talking about us in terms of relegation or euro which i'm fine with that so yeah indeed well i think yeah the, the wider populace probably has a, a more optimistic take on united than our own fans do I think. yeah yeah um yeah. i've seen 442 went us to finish 11th and then there were oh another publication went us to finish 11th as well i think that's where 
normal people are normally seeing us to be fair yeah i think the guardian have his 11th yeah um yeah that might be in it actually yeah um yeah so last season I, th- I think we you know we finished about where we deserved last season i think possibly slightly higher based on the sort of advanced metrics we had the uh ninth best goal difference but the 11th best expected goal difference we were 11th on expected points from uh from understats um i will say actually when i'm uh, citing these stats, it's either taken from understat.com mm. or fbref.com, just so I don't have to keep repeating that. Um, <laughs> so, so I do think we'll we'll drop off slightly. I mean, I think the big thing, as you mentioned, is is defence. I mean, I think it's, it's fair to say we will probably concede more this season. We had the biggest overperformance defensively in the whole league. We conceded 13 less than expected goals suggested we should. Biggest margin in the league. That said, we were also seven goals behind our um, expected goals for as well. So I kind of, I, I sort of foresee a situation where we concede more, but also score slightly more. And this is it. Yeah, this is it for me. I think we can afford to concede more as long as we don't score as little as we did. If you know what I mean. I, I think there's there's room for error yeah. in a defensive sense as long as we, you know, are better going forward. And as you say, the numbers suggest that we should be. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, even if we, even if we have conceded those thirteen extra goals last season, that's that's still a top eight defence in the whole Premier mm. League so it's not like you know the difference between uh you know finishing ninth and finishing 19th last season or anything like that there's you know there's nothing at all to worry about there unless you're hoping for us to qualify for Europe which you know it was definitely within sort of touching distance last season but I, I don't think it will this season um and I think there's also you know th- there is scope for excitement going forward because it's it's virtually impossible for McGoldrick to miss those chances next season. It was kind of impossible yeah. for him to do it last season. And at the same time, I think a big focus will be that we're working to create more chances, having you know, having established yeah. that we are a Premier League team. We, you know, the way that we play works, it's solid enough. I think we will be looking to, you know, be be more creative in the final third. So I think that will offset the worst um worst defence. We had the fifteenth best attack on expected goals last season, which is you know that's okay considering we were yeah, a fairly yeah, defensive yeah. team. Um, it's, it's not great, but it's not straying into concerning or anything like that. Um, I think that I never thought I'd say this before Christmas, but our away form really needs to get itself back together a little bit. I think because after lockdown we lost everyone, didn't we? I think and we drew with Villa. Yeah, I've got that noted down as well. Actually, I do think performances need to improve away. I think. Um, I think, in a way, results kind of caught up with performances in the latter half of the yeah, season. I, I agree completely. Yeah. So I, I don't think we were playing worse, particularly in this away from home, like post lockdown. No. I think the results just got worse. So I, yeah, I, I think we need to offer more of a threat away from home. Because and I think this is possibly where Bert comes in, you know, mm. and, and people like that. Just oh, Bogle, just a little bit more to break with, you know, yeah. rather than. We had nothing. You see someone like Palace, and they were pretty poor last year, Palace, but they still had Zahar, who could run with the ball mm-hmm. and get him up the field. And we had nothing like that. And I wonder if this is what the the, the, the thought is behind Burke and uh, Bogle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, you know, other reasons to be optimistic. I think Berger will be, you know, we get a full season of him. And he, mm-hmm. I would say he was, uh, he was very impressive post-lockdown, you know, once his 
settled into the role a little bit. Uh, we can now rotate a lot of these positions. We don't have to rely on um, Baldock and Basham playing virtually every single game. I think Ramsdale will be fine, if not quite adding the value that Henderson did this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope he does. Solid keeper. I think that's it. I think at the moment it's probably a 7 out of 10 prem keeper. I think Henderson will probably a 9. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I can see that that being a slight step down, but it doesn't. I don't see it as like a season-breaking kind of change no. at this stage. And we've got Wes Fodringham, who... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw any of the uh, pre-season uh, friendlies, but he's... Yeah, he, he didn't feel <laughs> confidence. I have to admit, some of, the, some of his antics, but... Not particularly, <laughs> no. Um, what do you think we need uh, to do... Tran- assume that um, we do indeed sign Burke. What do you think is missing transfer-wise? I think we need a striker, obviously. I think you're, you're looking at that first game against Wolves... As it stands, he's Billy, he's Billy Sharp and McBurney, isn't it, as the front two? Probably with the injuries, yeah. Yeah, because McGoldrick's not had a pre-season. Moose, isn't, he, he can't last night still by the looks of it. Burke will have just come in, you'd have thought, we, unless we sign anyone else. And I, we've mentioned before, and we'll come on to Billy Sharp later, obviously, another thing, but we don't really... I don't think we can be doing with Sharp starting as many games as he did last season. And the fact that he's going to start the game the first game of the season as the main striker suggests, I think that just shows where we need to strengthen. Yeah, I. Uh, it feels like a sort of almost a lazy answer, but uh, I think it is. It is also the answer, to be honest. We, yeah, I think we we are missing another starting caliber striker. Like this is where the big signing for me should come in, not in terms of big money or anything like that, but this is the one we've got to get right. And I understand. I've seen people. So why are we signing fullbacks? We need a striker, and as if you can only sign one area <laughs> of a team. But that is important. There's no getting away from it. We, re- I mean, I, I said last season that I don't mind if the first game of the season we start with McBurney and McGoldrick, as long as we've got a striker or a couple of strikers as backup who eventually are going to take over in the same way we're expecting possibly Bogle to do, you know, by yeah. the end of the season, whatever. I think that's what we needed to be look at. I think this is a really, really important signing. I don't. I don't necessarily think our strikers are as bad as people. I don't think we've created enough chances to criticise the likes of McBurney, Sharp, Moose, not McGoldrick, really. But, you know, I don't think they miss loads and loads of chances. Um, I just think we need to create more. So I don't think our strike force is quite as bad as it's portrayed by certain sects of our fans. But I do think it still needs to improve. Yes, yes. Both both things can be true, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just want to try and bring up... Uh, is this from last season? Uh, no, I'll get around to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the finishing thing, I guess the myth about our finishing, I suppose. I mean, I mentioned, you know, we had the uh, the 15th lowest XG last season, so we, we weren't a hugely creative chances. Most of the strikers were kind of in line with what they, you know, what the numbers said that they should be. I think, from memory, I think McBurney was slight underperformance, um, Moussa slight overperformance, Sharp basically bang on what he uh, what he should have scored from the chances created, Robinson slight underperformance in limited minutes. The big one was just McGoldrick. I mean, I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know here. McGoldrick missed some chances last season to a to, to an extent that is almost impossible to do. Like, yeah. he had some bad luck in that goalkeepers, like, got in the way or pulled off amazing saves, but he also did not finish chance as well. And, yeah, it's... I can't see him being as bad next season, but at the same time, we we know that he's, he's not... He's highly unlikely to get 10 goals, is he? Yes, yeah. I agree with that for sure. So it's 
It's kind of like a, yeah, I don't think it's a widespread problem among our forwards that they can't finish. It was just McGoldrick couldn't finish last season. And it's, yeah. it's kind of shown he's probably a below average finisher through his career, pretty much. It's just yeah, yeah, makes up for it elsewhere. But yes. I also think that we could possibly do with a bit of creativity in midfield as well. You know, someone to run with the ball in midfield. I think that's the, well, obviously when we were linked with John Swift, mm. I think that was the sort of thinking behind that. And I, I, I think he's still got a couple of rabbits up his... In his heart, up his sleeve. Is that? I think rabbits it, in the heart. You that, could yeah. probably have a rabbit up your sleeve, I suppose. If <laughs> yeah, you can't get a rabbit up your sleeve, can you? Everyone yeah, see yeah, it. But, you, well, uh, I don't know. if you're a particularly anyway, talented yeah, I think, magician, I think you still got a few irons in the fire. I'll say that. <laughs> I think there'll be a, a few surprises. So I can see us signing a couple more at least. Nice. I lost track of the uh, metaphors. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's analogies all over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Drew. I think having players that can dribble at speed is going to be helpful. I mean, I think I think we started to see that with Berger, like stepping forward from midfield last season. Bogle definitely gives us that, um, so yeah, I think that would be very beneficial. But yeah, I'm 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 feeling pretty comfortable about this season. Uh, I don't um, I don't think we will sort of touch the highs that we came kind of tantalisingly close to last season. Um, but I think it's going to be uh, a fairly comfortable mid-table one for sure. I mean, the other thing, like you know, if there's anyone out there panicking that we might get relegated, that kind of thing. I mean. We're not going to change our manager. He's he's still going to be here at the end of the season, and I do think that is a big deal. It's not like, well, some of the other teams we could probably come on to soon, actually, who may panic after a couple of months and you know end up kind of doing what Watford did last season and, and harming themselves. We're we're not going to do yeah. that. We have an incredible manager. He will be given all the tools he needs to turn around any rough patches that we have this season. So. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm super confident we're still going to be a Premier League team in 12 months' time. I, I really, really want to be just because of. I'd love to. I, I don't know what's happening with the fans and stuff, but I really, really want to be back in the Premier League when when fans go back. Yeah. Uh, in the full force, which Touchwood will be at least you know next season or whatever. Uh, not the season coming, the season after. Let's hope we're getting to some sort. Of, you know, the next game we all get to see is a Premier League game. Yeah. Hope so. Um, next one. Uh, so Sporting Index do their um, point spread for the season, where you can either go uh, under or over, basically, what their, their prediction is. I think last season they had us for about 28 points, so uh, or it might have been 32, something like that. We certainly bottom of it, and we absolutely smashed it, obviously. This year, much more respect in the betting markets. They've got us down for 44 points. Mm. Are you going over or under that mark for this season? How about this? I'm going to go bang on. I will allow it. Do you know what? Because uh, (laughs) they were so wrong last year. (laughs) Did they have us on 25 last year? It was late 20s, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh, I'm going to say that uh, they know what they're talking about this year. I think it will be around that point total, to be honest. What about yourself? I will go slightly over. I, yeah. I think, yeah, in line with what I was just saying, a bit of a drop-off from last season, but I still think, yeah, sort of mid to late 40s for points and a, a nice... How many did we get last season again, sorry? 54, wasn't it? 54, so a 10 points drop-off. I can see that. I don't, I don't mean that in a negative sense. I, yeah. I think that's... I don't think that would be bad at all. I'll, I'll happily... You'd say to me now, can, do you want to take 44 points? Yes, please. Yeah, and I think... Uh, yeah, it finished just 13th last year, 44. Right. So I, th- I think I meant to mention this, actually. But I-, I can sort of see a season where we are better but get less points, if you like. You know, yeah, our, yeah. our performances yeah. improve, um, but uh, maybe the results just take a bit of a, a, a drop-off for, for various... And I do think 
Sorry, I do think teams will be better this year in terms of the teams who struggled last year. You know, yeah, Man United had an awful start. Mm-hmm. I can't see that happening again. I think Chelsea will be better. I think Tottenham will be better. Arsenal will be better. Everton will be better. You know what I mean? So it's, it is going to be more difficult. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and that segues nicely into the next prediction, actually. Give me your top four in uh, in order. Start, let's start with the league winners. Who are you going for? Uh, I've got Manchester City to win out. Based on a couple of things is that they've strengthened slightly not not incredibly so but they seem to handle lock the, the, the behind closed doors things much better than Liverpool I'm not sure how much that is to do with Liverpool have already pretty much won the league by the time we come back mm. but I don't know how much Liverpool get out of that crowd I don't, I don't think it's as simplified as Liverpool won the league because they've got a good crowd or anything like that mm. but it's a really really good atmosphere at Anfield when, when the you know chips are against Liverpool and stuff like that I don't know if is that good at City? I don't know. I just I just think City have got a couple of advantages over them this year. Yeah. I, so I, I've also got Man City. Um, and, and the reason I'm sort of uh, huffing and, and sighing, I suppose, is I also <laughs> was like incredibly confident that Man City would win it last year um, for, for mm. very similar reasons that I feel now. I mean, basically, I just think they're a lot better than every other team in the league. And that, that was sort of born out in the numbers last season you know massive goal difference advantage over Liverpool it's just in the big moments Man City just either throw you know missed chance after chance or and you know would, even the goal tricks weren't it at times it like really it. was yeah um, Gabriel Jesus one of the very few players in the league to uh, have a bigger uh, underperformance on expected goals than the goal trick yeah, 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 um, yeah. I, I just I just can't see Guardiola allowing that to happen again and I think Liverpool after two let's not forget they were amazing the season before last as well I think they got 99 points something like that it was like the yeah. third highest total in Premier League history and obviously finished second yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't see Liverpool having the same run that they did this year I think they um, I think they had the biggest overperformance on expected points in the entire league it was something like 28 points something ridiculous like that so they won a lot of close games that Ordinarily, you'd say like they could, you know, could have gone either way. And last season, they just didn't. The force was with them. They're an incredible team, obviously, and I have got them to finish second. I think they, I think they will definitely be the yeah. the second. I, best I'm team. saying, by the way, yeah, I've got them in second. Obviously, yeah. I think those two are still far better than the rest. Yeah, I think Man City are uh, addressing some of the weaknesses. I like, um, I like Ake as a signing for them at the back. They desperately needed more central defenders because that does look weak there. They, uh, they, I think they're just signing. Um, Another central defender as well, I'm sure. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. Name slips me now, but I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's strengthening there. Obviously, they lose um, uh, Silver to retirement. David Silver, that is. Um, but yeah, I just think... I, I just... I said this last year, but I just can't see how they don't win the league. I just yeah. think they're by far the best team. Um, they are. I, I've, said, I've said many times on here that you play Liverpool, you think, yeah, we're going to lose. Like You play City and you think, whoa, this could be six or seven if they're on if they're on form. I think they can destroy you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think if they don't win the league, uh, I think that raises some question marks about Guardiola long-term at that club. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. He's still up on the Champions League with them neither, has he? So. No, absolutely. Um, so this this possibly gets more interesting. Who have you gone for in third this year? Really difficult this. I've got Man United. Yeah, I've as well. But it's Man for me. It's Man United and Chelsea third and fourth, and I I, I could I could interchange those two to be honest. Mm, it's they, yeah they. they I feel they're so similar in that they're really stacked yeah. in attack now. Um, question marks in defence. I don't think either of them have a particularly good manager. 
But yeah, no. I've, I've also gone Manu and Chelsea, which is kind of I think that's what it was last season, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, I like yeah. the narrative of um, of Chelsea spending like two hundred million for Lampard to finish fourth again. You know, there's progress <laughs> after going from third yeah. to fourth last season. That's That'd be amazing. That's kind of what's tipped me here. Um, I think Chelsea. Well, I think both these teams will be really good to watch. Chelsea obviously had Werner, who should be amazing. Ziyech yeah. is really exciting player. I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing him in the Premier League. Man United, they, I guess they've got that stability, haven't they? Of um, yeah. you know, they, they kind of settled on that. Um, I guess front three, front four from last season. Fernandez is is bedded in now for a full season. He obviously joined yeah. in January, so I, I think that's kind of why I've gone for them to just have the edge. I suppose. I thought Man United after like post lockdown looked like they'd really got it together. They obviously blew us away and many other teams as well. Yeah. And they just looked like a, a really. And then towards the end, they sort of started slipping a bit. Drew West Ham, Drew with Southampton. You thinking is that the old Man United coming back? So I'm still not totally convinced on them, but yeah. I do think they've got enough to finish just above Chelsea. Yeah, I, I think so as well. That's certainly what I am going for. Um, should we do? Should we? Should we do the relegated teams next? This is so difficult because we don't know what signings teams are going to be made as it stands. I mean, there's still another month left, isn't there? The window. It's true. Yeah, uh, I'm so- really, really struggling with this for a number of reasons because I think there's. I, I don't know what teams are going to end up. How they're going to end up? What what players they're going to? You know, mm. for instance. I could pick, for instance, I don't know, Palace to go down, which I haven't. But if I went Palace to go down, then they bring in five players and, you know, yeah. well, like an idiot. So. Well, there we go. It gives ourselves an easy out then if this is wrong. We're just yeah. like, well, I didn't know who's going to sign this guy <laughs> from Rotherham to sit on their bench all season. <laughs> um, so we do, we've gone for a similar approach to the last season here where we, we're going to pick our own three relegated teams, but we've also got uh, other teams in trouble. So... I would imagine if there's a team that uh, you have got for relegation and I haven't, then they're probably in my team in trouble category as well. So yeah. I'll have a few things to say about them. I'm going to predict with our predictions that we have two teams the same and then one team not the same. But uh, Yeah, I think two teams I were fairly set on and one team I've changed about five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yeah, I, I changed mine and then I changed it back. I was like, no, I'm doubling down on this. And uh, yeah. we'll get to that in a bit, which... Do you want to pick the one you're most confident in to start? This is I hate saying this because it's like what people said about us, but I have to go West Brom. Yeah, I've also got West Brom. And I, I, just to jump in before you give your reasoning, well, I guess this is it. We are going to give our reasoning. We're not just going to go like, well, they're a promoted team, like bottom of the league, whatever. You know, like so many people did about us last season. Yeah, I have. What I'll say about West Brom is if they've got their centre half turning up now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I liked I liked that Jay was starting to stray into that with Leeds on the uh, previous yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I was like, "Whoa, am I going to need to edit this before we uh, end up with that kind of thing?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, go on. What, what's what has made you most confident that West Brom are going to be one of the bottom three this season? I don't think West Brom were that impressive last season. To be completely honest, when I saw them, and I saw them about seven or eight times. Mm. And I think I saw him play well once in those games. I think they're really good on the break, which might help them in the Premier League. I think they've got a bit of pace, and that seemed to have been their best option when they when they sat in and soaked up pressure and stuff like that. So that may help them, you know, with teams coming at them and stuff like that. Mm. I I just I wasn't impressed last season. I think I, I don't think the defense looked very solid last season. I don't think that the sort of I mean the fact that Callum Robinson came in, you know, and, and immediately got straight into their team. And it would, it would be good for him and everything like that. I'm not writing Callum Robinson off. I just think it's it's a 
I think they've got a lot of improving to do, and so far they've only brought two players in who were already there last season, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, so my my pick for this, I mean, it's kind of building on what you said. They crawled over the line last season. I mean, he got there. Let's be honest, because Brentford bottled it. Th- well, Brentford bottled it twice. Brentford lost to Stoke yeah. and Barnsley in their last two yeah. games. And I think if they and take... I remember going on the West Brom board when they lost. West Brom lost to Huddersfield. It were awful last season. They almost got relegated. Uh, to Huddersfield. Two... And then they got promoted by drawing it onto QPR. Who had nothing to play for. But West Brom... Yeah, and their fans were furious, saying, your Billish has got to go, and all this sort of... And, you know, which, which fans do. Yeah. But it just suggested to me that they're not all that. You know, I think when we dropped out of the, the top two, you know, when we drew a Millwall, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we were all gutted, but it wasn't... A, our, our players are rubbish, Wilder's rubbish, you know. And I just think there were a difference between the outlook of their fans... I don't think they were ever that convinced with that team. Yeah, West, West Brom actually failed to win any of their last four games. Um, and got promoted. Even on the last day of the season, they kind of choked and got away with it because Brentford somehow lost to Barnsley at home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this is what... I, I, I say, I, I, I've watched them a few times. I didn't think they were very impressive, really. I think there were, there were certain games where they were miles better than the team they were playing, don't get me wrong, which uh, obviously they're a top championship side. And they're not. I like Sawyer's and stuff like that, but they lost a lot of players from the year before. I think there's an argument to say they were better the year we got promoted. Yeah, probably particularly when they had like Barnes on loan and uh, yeah, Barnes, JJ Gale, Rodriguez, Gale. Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez is a front, basically a front three. I don't think they've got anything like that at the moment. Yeah, the attack, the attack is pretty good. That for you know uh, Pereira and uh, Dean Garner, Dean Nagana. Dean Nagana, <laughs> yeah, they've, they've, they've brought back both of those. <laughs> I just, I just think their season. It was, it remind looking at it now from a distance. It reminds me a bit of how, uh, how our season went when we got promoted under Warnock, where they had a brilliant start, but mm. then mm. were kind of meh for the rest of the season. I, I yeah. they took uh, so the second half of the season, twenty three games, took thirty three points. Yeah, it's not that good if you prorate that over a full season. They'd have finished ninth, which is like okay, that's. It's all right, but it, I think it was that level with Preston or something like that. You know, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't have had them anywhere near. I think they've been like five or six points off the playoffs. Did like the underlying numbers didn't really change through the season. You know, they were still kind of the same team in the second half as they were in the first. But it's still a bit concerning that they couldn't turn around that blip in form. Um, yeah. I quite like, and this is sort of true of all three promoted teams. Actually, I quite like that they're sort of rolling with more or less the same team as the previous season. You know, I think that was a big strength for us. It wasn't really a big strength for Norwich, yeah. admittedly. Um, so, yeah, you know, that consistency is good, but that the fact that this team did struggle to get over the line and probably shouldn't have, to be honest, it was more owing to the failures of Brentford, I suppose. Um, and oh, the other thing that kind of worries me with them is, you know, Billich was really scrambling around for something successful in the second half of the season. yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, sorry, I wrote that down myself. Actually, yeah, that he, he changed tactics a number of times towards the end, almost like almost like a panic. It seemed from the outside. Yeah, just like just keep trying stuff until it works again, and yeah. it, it never really did, to be honest. So, yeah, I I think they are. Uh, you know, there's a reason they are probably the odds-on favourites for promotion. I I can see the argument, to be honest. I think it's be really really difficult for them to stay up. Um, I don't think there'll be a Norwich or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I think it, this is why another reason I think it'd be more difficult. Mm. I think they've got a lot of 
uh, Premiership experience as well in their squad, and I think I think they'll be all right. I won't be surprised at all if they stay up. I don't think it's like yeah, they're definitely gone. Yeah. But I just think if you're looking at all the teams, they're the one that stand out to you. Yeah, I think so. Um, bringing back Pereira and Dian Garn is a big deal. Uh, Pereira yeah, had yeah. eight goals, sixteen assists in the Championship last season, but. I don't know about the rest of this squad in the Premier League. You know, you mentioned Sawyers. I, I do really like him, but I think they're still going with Higazi and um, Cal Bartley at the back. Neither, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. think they're that good at Championship level, to be honest. Um, no. So yeah, it's. So, I mean, is Charlie Austin still up front for him as well? And I don't know if he's. Kieran Gibbs is there, isn't he? And yeah, I don't know, man. Livermore in midfield as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Decent championship players. I, I, I'm hesitant to do this because I know that people obviously said a lot of this about us last season as well. And it was, it was entirely fair. It's easy, to, it's easy to pick the promoted side, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's, it's, it's an easy pick, but it's also a logical pick, I think. Yeah, and I, I would also say, you know, I, I'm basing my opinion on, on players like Hagazi and, and Bartley from actually having watched them in the championship and thought, yeah. like, mm, I don't think they're as good as any of our defenders for example no, so, no, no. Um, so it's not just a case of going like well these guys have played in the championship therefore they are championship standards you know like like people might have said about Norwood for example like well you know yeah. no, no yeah. teams who's got promoted has wanted to keep him around so obviously it's not good enough for the Premier League so yeah I think I think West Brom are uh, a pretty safe pick I, unlike you I will be really surprised if they stay up actually um, no. again I don't think yeah I don't see them getting and the thing with Norwich was they sort of just jacked it in in the second half of the season, didn't they? Yeah, um, they did. Yeah. So they're almost a complete outlier. Um, but yeah, I do think they're going to have a uh, a tough season. Um, what about your uh, your your next team? It's another obvious choice in a way. I've gone Fulham. Yep, I'm the same. These are the two I'm confident you know what? in. This is, I watch Fulham. They were on, seem to be on telly every week, didn't they, last year? <laughs> Uh, every Friday, they always used to play Friday nights, and I I used to get so frustrated with them. Mm. And I don't even support them. I, I, they're just like they used to like dominate the ball, like you have that eighty percent possession, and you know create a few chances, and then just let like the most ridiculous goal in at the back. And I just think he's a poor manager, to be honest, Scott Parker. Mm. I, I, I mean, it might prove me wrong, and you know, I, I, we'll come on to the first manager to be sacked, and I've not actually gone for him, but he was definitely my. You, you were definitely in the contention for the first manager to be sacked because I think they should have done better last year and it sounds mad because they got promoted yeah. but they were never really in the hunt for automatic I didn't feel and they really should have been with the players that they've got and who knows I mean they, they came up the, the squad that they've got is very similar to the one that went back down uh, in the Premier League and I think it's better for them that they've not gone mad this year by the looks of it and completely changed the squad and everything like that but there's a lot of weaknesses there, I feel, but Fulham, uh, certainly defensively. Mm. Do you, in for goal, do, uh, I think it's similar to an expected points, do you know where they ranked Fulham last season in the Championship? Go on. Seventh best. Mm-hmm. Based on the, uh, yeah, basically based on XG for and against. Um, as you say, a frustrating team. I think like most other managers in football would have finished in the top two with that team. This um, is the thing with Fulham. I look at the squad and you think, well, hang on, these are pretty good. But I've actually seen them play. Yeah. <laughs> they, think, yeah. The possession thing is is interesting. They, they play so slow. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Statsbomb had a thing that's like, a, it's 
basically the, the the time it takes you to get from your own box to the other end of the pitch. And it, I think they were like they were by far the slowest in the championship last season. And mm-hmm. you know, to an extent, it, it kind of there's a bit of a correlation between that's what good teams do. They build possession. I think West Brom were quite similar as well. Um, but I just think that slow play could be a real problem in the Premier League because teams will press them high, knowing yeah. that there's little counter-attacking threat. And yeah, I don't know about their defenders. I mean, you know, long-time listeners to this will know my feelings on Michael Hector. And, <laughs> you know, OK, he was good for Fulham in the playoffs last season. But, yeah, I just... Uh... See, the thing is, you look at the team, Mitrovic, I'll, I'll really like, Brian, uh, Kamara, uh, Kearney. Even the but, and you look at these players, you think these are going to cause a lot. But even in the semi final against the, uh, oh, go on Cardiff, weren't it in the semi final? Yeah, yeah. Didn't threw it away? Yeah. Cardiff are not a good team. They, they, I don't think Cardiff were anywhere near ready for the Premier League. I think they're on a building sort of thing, Cardiff. And they nearly threw that away against a pretty poor team in Cardiff, just down to dreadful defended and and just poor decisions with the ball. Yeah, the seventh best attack in the championship last season, which was it was. Miles behind the uh, the top three yeah. in terms of uh, xG per game. I mean, this is I think this is the case for Fulham. Anyone who's expecting them to get destroyed week after week, I think will be surprised. I think they'll yeah, be. Yeah, I, I can't see that happening. Definitely not. I think there've been a lot of low scoring games. the The attack is not strong, and the defense was good. They I think seventeen clean sheets last season. Only Leeds had more. Um, only Leeds would have taken more, I suppose. Um, but, but a lot of that is that was based on how they play. Like I said, really slow. They get ahead, they sit back, they keep the ball, they try and defend with possession. And I don't know if they can repeat that in the Premier League. I don't know if they have the players to do yeah. it, and I don't know if teams well, the will thing allow is, them to do about, it. So you talk about the players. Obviously, they're, they're, they will be signing more people, you'd have thought, before the window shuts. Mm. I don't know if it's just about... I'm not saying, obviously, if they bring Messi in, it's going to be a massive game-changer, <laughs> but... I think they had the best players in the Championship last season and it didn't work. The fact that they're going to have one of the lowest set of players in the Premier League this season, mm. just don't see how it works. Yeah, it's. I, I just think, you know, the, the thing I kind of said there, you know, you could probably say that about United last season, you know, good defence, not much attack. But I, I think mm. the way that we play is so different where... It's fast. It's fast, exactly. We would, And we would constantly try and attack. Like, we would never keep possession for possession's sake. And, you know, I guess you could debate whether that's a, a, a good thing or not. But ultimately, it was very successful for us. As soon as we got the ball, we tried to attack and we tried to score. Yeah. And Fulham don't do that. They might do it this season, but they didn't do it last season. When they got the ball, they kept the ball for a long period of time. And maybe eventually they would have a shot. Um, I think Parker is, yeah, is, I don't think he's a very good manager, but... I suppose he won't. He won't take many risks either, you know. They and and they do have a settled squad, but yeah, I, I just don't think it'll be enough. I, I I don't see him getting butchered, like I said. But I'm pretty confident in uh, in saying two of the three promoted teams will go down. Not to spoil my final pick for relegation. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm the same though. They are. I mean, I'm looking at the goals. I mean, the the season we went up, we let 41 in and uh, scored f- uh, 78. Mm. They scored 64 on like 48 in. Yeah, not. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't point to success unless there's going to be a big change in how they play. Yeah. I think, or, or a big change of personnel, which we've not really seen yet. Um, right. This is where I. Well, I say this. We always seem to agree, anyway. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to let you go first. Who was your final relegated team? This is based on their squad now. Okay. 
and they might buy players, and I've gone for Aston Villa. Yay, we disagree. At <laughs> last. Yeah. This is basically, I mean, they were awful last season. Really, really, really awful last season, Villa. We're not just talking about, oh, you know, they stayed up. They did well to stay up. They were poor there. Did they get 33 points? Uh, it might be 35. Go on, keep talking. I'll, I'll bring that up. Yeah, something like that, 35 points. That's a bad, sort of, that's a low tally to stay up on. Yeah. And so far, they bought Matty Cash. It was an attacking right wing back. I don't understand. I, it doesn't seem to be any plan for me at Villa. I just think they're sort of buying players and hoping for the best. Did they, they even need? They, they did need a right back. Don't get me wrong. They're playing concert there for a lot of last season, but I don't know if Matty, unless they're going to change their uh, formation to three five two. I don't know if Matty Cash is the man that they need. He's only played one season ever at right back, and he's more of an attacking. Rabbit. I don't know. I just think they under thirty three million for Watkins. I'm not. Watkins, I like him every time I've seen him. But that, to me, just smacks of a club panicking big time. Yes, and it's frustrating, isn't it? Like, like, you know, United have to be careful with our money and Villa are just like, meh, whatever. Here's, oh, you you want 21 million? Here's 33. (laughs) Yeah, and this, I mean, they did, I mean, look, they could buy another four or five players and they might be easily safe. I've seen a lot of people saying Villa will be fine this season. I don't know what they're basing it on at the moment. Yeah. I think as it stands with that squad, and this could change, and this is my get-out clause, as it stands there with that squad, they've brought Matty Cash in to what was a really, really poor squad last season. Yeah, they it was 35 points, by the way. Um, but yeah, they only won nine games. And I, I think we probably should remind people that they kind of just stayed up because they were playing... Don't mention it! <laughs> oh, no, actually, I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't, oh, right, I wasn't, sorry. There's more just... At the end of the season, they played a run of teams who just didn't give a crap. Like, they just yeah. they had nothing to play for. Arsenal just, like, absolutely phoned in that 1-0 defeat. Um, and then they went and drew it. Uh, they played Palace as well, didn't they? Uh, who were down to 10 men and had a goal questionably disallowed uh, and then got a draw at West Ham, who also didn't care on the last day of the season. And that was enough. The, the like sheer ineptitude of the other relegated teams. Yeah. And I think ineptitude is almost doing, it's almost a disservice to the word ineptitude, how bad the bottom three it. were post-lockdown. It, it's not as if they went on a fantastic run at the end, yeah. you know, that, that kept them up and you think, well, do you know what? Fair play. Yeah. They didn't. They were still, I've seen people say like, I saw a Villa fan falling up on Twitter saying, I think Sheffield United struggled this year because uh, post-lockdown they fell off a cliff. They got less points than us. Yeah, I think they won... What was it? So two or three? They won like two of their last ten games or something like this that. This is what I mean. It's not as if they went on a blistering run. That so, and this is why I don't understand why people are saying they'll be all right this year because all season they were poor, and so far they've brought one player in, and maybe two if you count Watkins. Watkins could be the saviour. I don't know. They might bring Josh King in as well. They might, you know, this time next month they might have a fantastic squad, but. As it stands right now, I have to go Villa. If the season kicked off tomorrow and no one were allowed to sign anyone, I think it's a no-brainer to go for Villa. Mate, how did this team stay up? I'm just looking at it now. 21st of January, they beat Watford at home. Their next, their, their remaining league games, lost to Bournemouth, lost to Spurs, lost to Southampton, lost to Leicester, drew with us, lost to Chelsea, drew with Newcastle, lost to Wolves, lost to Liverpool, lost yeah. to Man United... Beat ten man Palace, drew with Everton, beat Arsenal who didn't care, drew with West Ham. That's it. This is what <laughs> it's incredible. That is a relegation run, and that somehow kept them up. And if we're all going to be honest, the reason they've re- well, you've mentioned it, they, they, they stayed up purely because of, in my opinion, Watford. Yeah, doing the most ridiculous thing they could have possibly done. 
Yeah, uh, I, th- I think we can <laughs> we can just just put our sort of um, uh, objective hat to one side for a minute. I would really like Aston Villa to go down. <laughs> they they don't deserve to be where they are. They don't deserve to be in a position where they can spend thirty three million on uh, on a championship player. I don't think Dean Smith is very good. He owes his entire reputation to Jack Grealish. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think what what grinds the gears of our fans when it comes to Villa is that they are the the polar opposite to us, aren't they? Mm. The way we do things is so opposite to Aston Villa. There's a genuine plan. We're trying to save as much money as possible. You know, we've got a, a really good manager. We don't go mad. Villa just seems to be bringing, he's a big name. He's after him. Let's sign him. And then we'll just decide after what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, I haven't got them to go down, and this is why. They did turn their defence around post-lockdown mm-hmm. um, for however much you want to read into that. Uh, I think it was a 10, 10 games for them. It might have been 10 games, yeah. Um, they were averaging 18 shots against per game before that, and it dropped down to 10, which is really, really impressive. I think they, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. went from the worst expected goals against pre-lockdown to the fourth best post-lockdown. I think it was only... Might have been Leicester and the two Manchester teams that had um, better defence, essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, you know, signing that attacking wing back in cash is that. My concern is for the. I mean, it's not a concern. Uh, it would be a concern if I was a Villa fan. Is that they struck gold somehow with their defending post lockdown, and now they're going to blow that up and uh, and switch formation because. Like you, I just I just don't know what their plan is. I, I don't think Smith is very smart as a manager. Um, I don't know how much Smith has to do with the signings. I'll be honest with that. I'm don't, I don't. Mm. This is purely speculating. I've no idea. I, I, you'd have thought a club like Villa, especially the way the, their entire transfer policy has changed from buying foreign players, basically from abroad, yeah. to now buying English-based talent. It's just all over the place. There's no set plan, and I wonder if there's a transfer committee or something. And I don't know. I don't know how much Smith is to blame for. The, it was a bit of an atrocity, weren't it? Their signings last year, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, look, I think uh, you know, I think that is a that may well prove to be a smart shift that transfer policy. I guess they did yeah. um, their head of recruitment, I think, and uh, similar positions were were binned off in the summer, and they've got some new people in now. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Smith is probably involved in some of these. I mean, look, uh, Mings and Watkins, and I think a couple others that I can't remember off the top of my head. They played for him before, and yeah, concert um, played for him. Didn't concert, he well. yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah, so it probably does have some involvement, but yeah, they're after I, Martinez, aren't they? At Arsenal as well at the moment. I've just been uh, so obsession with signing goalkeepers. Suddenly, they're worse than us. They've got yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, if Tom Eaton is injured, their other goalkeepers are pretty poor. But yeah. I mean, that would be a good sign. I would have thought that the Arsenal. I don't know if it's a game-changing sign or anything like that. I'd, I'd be. Yeah, I'd be more confident if I were them with him in goal than, you know, the Nyland or when Rayner were there last season or anything. But like you say, the thing is with that with that defence as well, yeah, they, they had nine or ten games where they didn't concede many and stuff like that, but they were still losing games in that run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, uh, yeah. And I, I, they were a bit more defensively and stuff, and I don't know. I just think, as, like I say, I won't be surprised at all if in a month's time, they have bought six players in where you think, yeah, they'll be absolutely fine. But I can only go as it stands, and as it stands, I think they're one of the worst. Yeah, I think if I was doing a, a one to twenty, I would pick them seventeenth. I think they're, yeah. I think they're on the cusp. Um, I think if they lose Grealish, they're in real trouble. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think I said this to you, didn't I? It's not like 
Um, it's not like with Palace, for example, where if they sold to half, I say, I think it was like seventy million or something ridiculous being touted last season, wasn't it? Yeah. Where, yeah. where you go, like, oh, okay, so Palace will now use that seventy million to sign three players that improve the overall team. Like Villa money is not a, not an issue for them, is it? If they sold Greenwood no. for fifty million, it's like, well, great, just chuck that one onto the pile, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't change what we're doing transfer-wise. I'm surprised no one's come in for Grealish, I have to admit. Yeah. It's, I mean, I know we've got another month to go in terms of window, but dude, it just sort of feel like he's still going to stay there now, which is odd. Say I'm going to tempt fate massively here, so blame me when, this, when next season happens and he scores, but has Grealish ever played well against us? Uh, not from memory, No. I don't think so. It's well, he will now. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other one, Adama Traore kind of fits that category as well. Yes. So uh, yeah, he's yeah. obviously coming up. Right, my my pick for the final relegation spot, and it's one that I I went with and I was like, nah, I can't do it. And then I thought about it some more and I'm, I am confident in it. It's our old favourites, Newcastle United. They're my fourth from bottom, to be fair. <laughs> All right, so let me lay this out. <clears throat> Steve Brew's next. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, where, where where are the bookies got Newcastle this season? Any idea? They are down there, aren't they? Yeah. Let's just bring up the uh, Sporting Index rankings for this. So we'll see how much of a bold take this actually is. Probably not that bold. Uh, yeah. Actually, to be fair, yeah, Sporting Index have got them as the fourth worst team mm. um, on the point spread. But here we go. I really like the players that Newcastle have signed, and this is why I sort of went, ah, okay, that bumps them out of uh, bumps them out of relegation trouble. Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, Jamal Lewis, you know, the first two proven mid-table quality Premier League players, yeah. and then Lewis, very big reputation, high upside, that kind of thing. That but, is the reason I've got him to stay up. By the way, that is the one reason I think they bought totally well. They bought well. Totally fine. Do not disagree with that. But they overperformed so massively yeah. last season. Um, under stats, expected points had them as the worst team in the whole league at the end of the season. Worse than Norwich, worse than Bournemouth, worse than Watford. Only Liverpool outperformed their expected points by a greater margin. Stats bomb had them as the second worst attack and the third worst defence, which gave them the worst expected goal difference in the whole league. I think, I think they can improve the product on the pitch, but results might still get worse because they were so bad last season yeah, and yeah. through luck or something that cannot be measured, Steve Bruce voodoo, whatever, <laughs> they somehow stayed out of trouble. Um, they took the lowest average quality shots in the league. They took the shots from further out and got off less of them than any other team. It just they, they were not good at attacking. They were not good at defending. And I, I think the thing with those signings is... I don't know how much they actually transformed that. I mean, all three of them got relegated last season. Fraser yeah. was just like, "No, I'm not getting involved in Bournemouth's relegation." <laughs> yeah, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to know. Yeah, no. And he has had that season before 2018-19. That was a bit of an outlier for him in terms of how good he is at this level. Yeah. Um, he got 14 assists that year, five were from set pieces as well. He hasn't come close to that before or since. Um, Wilson, I mean. Good finisher, but is he going to transform that attack? Is he going to suddenly make them more creative and score he more goals? Chances, I think Wilson. I don't think he's one of those sort of players who's going to, you know, take three. He's going to do this now against us, and he take three people <laughs> and bend it into the corner. Yeah, um, Jamal Lewis is 
he's essentially joining a defence that was as bad as Norwich's last season in terms of chances conceded. And, you know, look how that went. This is this kind of bit of cognitive dissonance with Norwich's defence, wasn't it? It was like, well, the, these... If these two fullbacks are so amazing, how come they have the worst defense in the Premier yeah, League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure Lewis would be. I mean, you know, I think if you dropped him into our team or a, another mid-table team, I'm sure he would be absolutely brilliant. But dropping him into another terrible defense, oh, I don't know, man. Um, mm. I feel there's been a bit of buzz about Newcastle on like potentially pushing for for top half on the basis of these signings, and I just don't see it. They, they have been getting worse year to year. They scored slightly. Fewer goals last season than in previous two and conceded 10 more as well. Defence went absolutely off a cliff last season. It was only Dubravka that really kept him in it. I think uh, no other keeper in the league saved more goals on uh, a stat called post-shot expected goals, which kind of measures the uh, value of a goalkeeper's saving ability compared to an average goalkeeper. He saved him 10 goals. The next highest was uh, Geiter at Palace with 7.3. So... A massive difference. If Dubravka had played like an average keeper, they'd have conceded 68 goals, which only Norwich conceded more last season. I, I, I think they'd have gone down if they didn't have Dubravka playing like that last yeah, season. Yeah, I agree. I really yeah. do think that was the difference. Um, and then you've still got all the off-field stuff. You've still got Mike Ashley. You know, there was there was real hope that that, um, that Saudi Arabia takeover was going to happen, uh, and it didn't. Steve Bruce is still there. I really, I'm just not seeing it with Steve Bruce at all. I don't know how they stayed up last season. So, um, yeah, I, I just think, uh, I think this is the one. I think they got very lucky last season. I think they have improved their squad, but they were in a big hole last season from how they were actually playing football. So, yeah, yeah I think uh, they are my final pick for relegation. In fairness to Newcastle, they came back of lockdown a lot better. The Amadors and the Amad Bournemouth, and, and then they sort of went off. You know, off a cliff a little bit, but they did look a little bit better. I do like Saint, Saint Maximum. I think he's a really good player. Mm. <sighs> they're a weird side, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure how they're going to patch that together in terms of uh, with Fraser and um, and Wilson. I mean, mm. that suggests they're going to have to leave out one of Saint Maximan or um, Almiron, who is, you know, those two in Shelby are far and away their best players. Like, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's yeah. not even close. It's a massive drop off after that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how they're going to piece it together. I suppose, um, but yeah, they they're my final pick for relegation for this season. Any yeah. any final words on uh, on the Magpies? No, they, like I said, they were my fault. I, they, they were the one that I kept changing uh, over mm. and over again with them and Villa. I, I I think the only time I saw them play well last season was at home to us. And I don't know if they were <laughs> 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 at their ground. I mean, and I think uh, Aston Villa signed Ollie Watkins by the way confirmed. Um, so that, yeah, he just said twenty-eight million pound initial fee. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I think that with Newcastle, I, I saw him play so badly all season. Yeah, and yet they got results, and I can't work out why. And you think it's going to catch? I kept thinking all last season it's going to catch up, and it's going to catch, and it never did. Yeah, and they seem to have got some. I don't know because you can't even say that they dig in or anything like that. They just look really, really poor. So. For me, it was it really was like a flick of a coin, Villa or Newcastle. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm I'm banking on this season being the one where it all catches up to to Newcastle. Yeah. So nice one. Right, let's take a quick break, mate, and then we will uh, we will tick off other teams in trouble and our other predictions as well. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. 
Glistening kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes and midsoles a deep clean and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, yeah, let's just tick off the the other teams that we think are not going to get relegated, but uh, are going to be in some trouble this season. Um, yeah, Villa were one of mine. Who else have you got? I think Palace are a really easy bet, just based on what they did last season. I think they have, it seems like they're saying, uh, signing the, uh, what's his name from Chelsea, Belgium. Uh, oh, Batchwai. Bashwine, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not pronounce that one as well. I just forgot his name. Uh, yeah, they signed him and obviously signed Eze, which you imagine, you know, with Zahar as well. Mm. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? You know, the way they play on the break, they're a really boring team to watch a lot of the time, but they do break really quickly. And I think that'll get them. Enough, I think that'll get them enough goals. To be fair, those three as a strike, you know, as a, as a front three or whatever they're going to play him. I think that that'll be really exciting to watch. So I think they will survive, but at the same time. You only have to look at their form last season to see how bad they were. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many goals they scored last season? About 34. It was 31. 31. Um, only Norwich were lowest scorers and Palace actually had the lowest XG in the whole league. Um, but I do think they bought pretty well. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's a big step up for Eze. You know what I mean? He might not work out for him. You don't know. But I, I do think... And it looks like they're going to keep Zahar again, which is obviously he's always going to be a threat. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised... If they went down, put it that way, but I do think they'll have enough to stay up. Just about, I think. Um, yeah, is an interesting one. I think if you're pinning your hopes on him, that's a big risk because he's, he's not there yet, I don't think. He's a player that no. still needs some development. I think he, I think he's very, very good, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I, I don't know if he's like the person that would... Like, I'm just trying to think, if they hadn't signed him, would I feel completely differently and pick them for relegation? Like, probably not. I think I'd still have them in this zone just slightly above but yeah they they were not good last season yet somehow never got dragged into the mix I mean possibly due to the awful post-lockdown form of uh, of the bottom four I suppose um, they were the oldest team in the league by a distance last season I think they had mm-hmm. an average age close to 30 which obviously they're trying to address they've got um, Gallagher on loan from Chelsea as well I think haven't they Did he no they haven't because they can't loan two from Chelsea yeah I was just thinking that yeah yeah, so they, I don't know what the because I thought he were he were nailed on to go there, but I did actually read a rumor that he were going to West Brom Gallagher. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, mm. Goalkeeper made a huge difference in last season, as I mentioned, uh, Geiter. Yeah. Uh, they've only won four out of eighteen games so far this year, which is less than a, yeah. less than a point per game, which would just have kept them up over a full season. But yeah, warning signs. I, I think that at least. 
I will say at least they recognise the problem and are trying to address it with some of their yeah. signings. So, and I do think that the, the drop off last season, in fairness to them, they were safe. They had nothing to play for. True. No crowds there. It must have been pretty difficult to get yourself up for it. But yeah, no, that's fair. So yeah, I think just outside. Um, did, do you have any other teams to mention in this category? Well, a couple more. One is Leeds, who I think will be fine. But as Jay said on the pod last week, it'll be fascinating to see that press. Hmm. I don't. I, I don't know. I think they'll be fine. Not getting wrong, Leeds. I do think. I don't think they'll go down. But at the same time, it could spectacularly backfire in the same way that people thought it would for us. I know they don't play with overlapping centre halves and stuff, but the intensity they play are is incredible. And their def- I mean, we obviously brought a couple of people in in defence, but I don't think the defence is all that fantastic when up against. I mean, he, he had a really good record last season, in fairness, in defence. But I've also seen that defence get torn apart a few times. So I think they'll be fine, but it'll be interesting to see how that style. You know, relates to the Premier League. Yeah, no, uh, no Ben White either, who was obviously a very key player for the exactly. defense last yeah. season. Yeah, this is a good point to mention Leeds because I was going to mention them in uh, in surprise teams, but um, but not that surprising because everyone seems to be picking them to do well. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have them as a, a team in danger, but yeah, it's uh, it is going to be an interesting one. I think. I think it's almost it's funny that um, the amount of respect they're getting is is fascinating in terms of like. You know, yeah. all, all the betting markets think that they'll do well. They have, a lot of them have them to finish above us, actually, in sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. 10th, 11th, um, which I, I don't disagree with. But, you know, it is still pretty unprecedented for a, a promoted team to do what we did last season, which yeah, is what yeah. everyone I mean, is... Did it, but Wolves spent a lot yeah. of money. I would, yeah, I would say... Premiership-ready team, really. Yeah, I would completely exclude Wolves from this. George uh, mm. Mendes FC, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think they'll be fine, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, how funny would it be if it all completely backfired <laughs> spectacularly in this like high press that they do just because he's conceding 9 or 10 every match? But I do th- I do genuinely think they'll be fine, but at the same time, it's, a, it's such a way that they play... There must be that sort of well, because we were the same, you know. How, how is our how are our tactics going to, you know, how, how is it going to work in the Premier League? Is it going to be the same? I, I think Leeds will be fine. I think they've got enough good players and obviously a really good manager as well. Yeah. The only other one that I went for was West Ham. Mm, okay. Just they're in turmoil. I'm looking at their forum. They are absolutely like, furious. I actually think they might stay up due to the lack of fans. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely helps them for sure. Um, they were awful before lockdown. Get rid of the fans; they're fantastic. If they want to be good, just don't have any fans. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure the owners would be actually probably happy with happy to take the financial yeah. loss on that. And not they're have... human on their forum. I, I mean, I, I, I went on their forum too. I always like to have, before we did this have a look to see. Obviously, I got Watford last season, mm. and I saw the the doom around uh, Vicarage Road. West Ham is the nearest to it. it I've, there's a lot of predictions from their own fans where they're predicting themselves to go down, which is never a good sign. Yeah, and then you see things like, um, you know, the sale of uh, uh, Dian... Actually, was it Pereira or Diangana? Diangana, weren't it? Yeah. 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 Martin Noble came out, didn't he, and said, well, this is ridiculous. Why are we selling his best young players? Yeah, I think uh, another player did as well. Might have been... No, I don't want to say who it was in case I get it completely wrong, but I did see another player basically said the same thing as well. Go, yeah, David Moyes... Which is never, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're on about like Sebastian Haller's already leaving as well, aren't they? He's on about going somewhere else. It's they do seem to be completely. In fact, is, has he gone? I don't know. That would be a mistake, though. Hang on. Uh... Oh no, he's not gone yet. But there, there is a little bit of talk about him going. Um, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of obviously bad vibes going around at West Ham and. Mm. I think if there were a crowd there, I'd, I'd, I'd be more tempted to go from as a relegation team, to be honest. Mm, yeah, 
Good shout. I like that. Uh, I didn't have any other teams that I think will be in trouble that we haven't covered. Um, I will just say Burnley, we're not doing that again. <laughs> we're not including Burnley. Burnley's another one. That I went on the Burnley forum and they are a little bit worried because they've not signed anybody. Mm. And, and they had a really small yeah. And they've, they've obviously lost Hendricks, haven't they, as well? So, Yeah, but I'm, I'm not... Uh, no, I'm not disrespecting him to the extent that I did last season. Oh. Burnley, 13th, write it down right now. Um, yeah. All right, surprise team. So this is surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. And we, we were good here last season. This is where you uh, you picked Watford to be surprisingly bad. Obviously got relegated. I picked Leicester to be surprisingly good. Said I think I said definitely top six. And then, yeah, for a long time, it looked like they were going to crack the top four, which was even even higher than, uh, than my prediction. Who do you uh, Who do you want to put in here? I think this is really difficult this year because it seems sort of set in stone, doesn't it? Like you were saying about Leeds, mm. people think I'd have gone for them maybe, but people seem to think they're going to do well. I've actually gone for Southampton, who I think could be pushing for Europe. Ooh. I think they might be the... I don't think they'll get in Europe, but I think they might be the us of this season, if mm. you know what I mean. The, the team that no one sort of expects to be up there. I think they were really good at the end of last year. They did rely a lot on Ings, but Shea Adams seems to have uh, found his scoring boots. I'm really impressed with them post-lockdown. They're one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. No, they're a very good team. Uh, yeah, I like that, pushing for Europe. Um, I think they might finish about 8th and ninth, and maybe yeah. just miss out, but I think they'll be put a decent fight up along with like, Wolves and stuff. Yeah, Sporting Index has got... Um, it's the tenth team, so a top half team. Yeah, mm. I, I could see it for sure. A, a good manager as well. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right on the because, like, you know, I think saying Leeds. I think at the end of last season, I was like, I could see Leeds finishing like, you know, pretty much close to the top half, and then it turns out like everyone thinks that. So <laughs> it's not exactly a surprise. What I will say, Arsenal. Mm. I'm going to say they are not as good as everyone keeps seems to think they are they this are... is interesting because i'm going to put these as like maybe being better but mm. I, I did i rethink and thought they're not actually played that well no they are seem to be the consensus pick for fifth i think mm. um i feel like i wrote this down yeah sporting index fifth their fifth favorites for a top four finish i, I would take the under on that I, I can see a season where they finish sort of eighth, something like that. Um, you know, a little bit like, uh, I suppose a little bit like they did this season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, my case here, results pretty impressive, but performances not hugely under Arteta, which is is basically the story of Emery's first season where they were good in, in terms of results, but mm. were not playing very well. They didn't create many chances. Their defence was not good. They relied on Aubameyang and Lacazette to a lesser extent, just like mm-hmm. scoring a goal every single week out of nothing. Um, they Last season, they had the 12th best uh, expected goal difference. It was minus 7.1. So, you know, it's half a, a little bit of half a season of Emery as well there. But mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, I think their expected points post-lockdown was 10th in the league. So, you know, for everyone being like, well, it was a good run in the second half of the season... You know, they were behind teams like Villa, West Ham and, and Leicester, who everyone said had completely fallen off a cliff. They were they played like a mid table team basically yeah. for most of the season. And I don't I'm I'm just not feeling I, I don't see the case for why they would suddenly jump to being the best of the rest. I mean they're selling Torreira and Gwenduzi, who I think are two of their better players. They've still got Xhaka, they've still got Louise. You know, the young players like Saka and Maitland Niles you think will will improve and that's definitely a good thing, but 
overall just feels like a mess. I, I, I'm just just not feeling the high predictions on this one. I can yeah, I can see this. I can. I think they are. I still think they're as flimsy as they ever, they ever are, to be honest, Arsenal. Yeah. I, I still think they will happily go to somewhere like Villa and lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know I, what I mean? I, I can still see them losing against like West Brom. You know, teams who put up a bit of a fight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll struggle again. I don't think... Obviously, they did well. They won the FA Cup, and that were a really good win against City and stuff. But mm. they, they seem to be basing it all on that, and the, the charity show, they don't really count as a, a real game. They beat Liverpool... Uh, Later on in the season, I don't know if you saw that game. That was just madness from oh, Liverpool. God, yeah, they just passed the ball to yeah. two shots. Yeah, I, I think against Chelsea, it could have been a couple down. I, I think they're a good side. They're not going to have any problems. And pro- I think they'll be better than last year, to be honest. But I don't think they're anywhere near Champions League. If I, yeah, I just you know everyone's all the betting markets basically saying they're going to finish ahead of Spurs, Wolves, and Leicester. I don't think so. I think at least one of those teams finishes ahead of them. Um, I think yeah, yeah. I, I really can see a season where they finish like seventh or eighth. Um, yeah. My other one, similar. I can't pick both North London teams for this. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's possible for both of them to to do worse than expected. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about Spurs either. Um, they bought anybody? Uh, my Hoiberg <laughs> from um, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Southampton, but. Yeah, I just you know they they had they were pretty poor post lockdown as well. Poor creative numbers during that run. Still very reliant on Kane, Mourinho. Don't know anymore. You know, I think for like five years now, people have been saying is Mourinho actually still a good manager at this level? Yeah. I can I can see another slump, another sacking, and another. It's another time. Rally. It's another Arsenal and Tottenham are still. If we were playing him tomorrow, first game of the season, I'd be thinking we've got a chance, and mm-hmm. we shouldn't really be thinking that against Arsenal and Tottenham. No, and I won't think that when we play. Certainly, City, Liverpool, and uh, and Man United. This yeah, season, I, I agree. Think. Yeah. All right. Any other surprise teams? No, that's it. Like I say, I think it's pretty much set in stone a lot this year. It seems, but I mean, there will be something out of, out of the ordinary that none of us have predicted. But yeah, yeah I think it's um, it's going to be really interesting. It's a lot closer this year, I think. Yeah. Uh, first manager sacked. Uh, we were both wrong last season. In fact, we both picked people who are still managing their <laughs> team this season. Which was uh, I went for Bruce. You went for Dean Smith. Um, who who do you who do you like or not like? I suppose this season. I've kept with Dean Smith again. Okay. I think that if they get off to a bad start, it's it's an obvious choice that they're going. to... I think he was really lucky last season, to be honest, to keep his job. Mm. Um, and it, it had definitely been sacked if they'd gone down. I think they were so poor last season. If they get off to a bad start, he's got to, he's gone. I know, I'm surely. You think so? I just. I thought they were going to move on from him this summer. To be I honest, I did. I think I think the worst decision Villa made were keeping hold of him this season. To be honest, yeah, I, I, they're I going to win league now, aren't they? I've been slagging them off. <laughs> <this time. laughs> nice. All right, I've uh, I've not gone for Steve Bruce this year. I'm changing it to uh, David Moyes. Yeah. Let me give you West Ham's opponents to start this season. They have a fairly nice start against Newcastle. Although Newcastle, strange things happen after that game. They play in this order. Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, Man City, Liverpool. That's their first seven games. It's very possible they will have three or four points from their first seven games. Yeah. And then the pressure is on. Uh, the next run is more appealing in terms of uh, new manager bounce time, as in if you want to change your manager and give him a ni- nicer run of fixtures, yeah, that's the time to do it. And that's uh, that's Fulham at home, then they play us, and then they've got Villa as well. Um but yeah, I think if they 
if they have, say, three or... Well, call it three points from their first seven games and they lose to Fulham at home, that's it. There's there's no chance that Moyes is still the manager beyond that game. So, I uh, yeah, I can see that after after eight games, then making a change. And that's a really, really intelligent way of looking at it, to be fair, compared to me just saying he's rubbish. Well, <laughs> it's not a hot take. I think he's the, uh, the bookies' favourite to, yeah. to change their manager first. But... Yeah, that's uh, that's the case for uh, bye bye David Moyes. I think. Um, mm. which, next prediction: Which of our signings will have the biggest impact? And at the time that I set this, we had only signed a goalkeeper, but we have we have signed some more players now. Um, I'm going to go with Ampadu. I think. Um, mm. I think his flexibility means we'll see quite a lot of him. And who knows? He, he might end up making a place his own at some point. You know, mm. if there's a if there's an injury to someone, and then. He comes in and does a, an amazing job. Maybe it becomes a case of like, well, I hate to do this, but you know, Basham, you were our player of the year last season, but yeah. the shirt is his at the minute. You or know, even possibly Norwood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, playing defensive midfield. Yeah, um, as I said earlier, I think he'll be the player that helps us change formations and, and chase yeah. games. So that you know, the more you can do, the you know, the more we'll let you do, I suppose. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a, a good option in his own right. So the players we've signed as of right now, um, unless somebody's signed in the last 10 minutes or so, yeah, that's who I'm going with. How about you? Well, I've gone for Bogle. It's good that we've not gone for the same person because we both went for Robinson last year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've gone for Bogle because I think he's going to be really exciting. Like I said earlier, I think he'll be more of a game changer from the bench. Mm. And I, I can imagine, I can already see fans like saying, why is he not playing every week? You know, Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, takes a couple of people on in the last 10 minutes or something like that. I think it's going to be really exciting to bring on as a, when we're chasing a game and stuff like that and a bit of pace and a bit of trickery and excitement. Mm. Seen the, I've only seen the highlights of him and stuff like that, but... He's one of the few players that we seem to have now who actually can take a person on. Yeah. And I yeah. think that'll excite people. I like the sound of that as well. He was, uh, I think he was my other choice for this. Um, predict our player of the season winner. I think we both went with uh, Robinson last season as well. So we can't get much worse, I suppose. <laughs> I've actually gone for uh, Sander Berg. Ah, so have I. Oh, that's him finished. <laughs> Tell him. <Get> it. <laughs> Go on. I just think if we do well, it means he has... I think it's as simple as that for me. I think he's mm. so important to us this season. I, I've seen bits and pieces of him uh, where, where, where I've uh, been really impressed. You're getting quite excited, but then he's sort of dropped off. I just think if we're going to be good this season, he's going to be a huge part of it. Yeah, the there's a, a striker I won't mention just now who is my other con- consideration for mm. for picking in this one. But yeah, I just one has gone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, I just see Berger having a, a big season in yeah. uh, in in right midfield. You know, we started to see it post lockdown. I think there's uh, you know the consensus among United fans is starting to appreciate that, like just almost the little things he does, as well as you know the fact he was getting uh, chipped in with a goal and a couple of assists as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I think he's um, his first full season in the Premier League. I, I can't wait to see it. And yeah, I think uh, he, he's my pick for our player of the season as well, my prediction yeah. for that. Um, the next one was predict a, a breakout player. So somebody with a big improvement year to year, Ender Stevens style improvement. Yeah. Um, it needs to be someone who was a United player last season. So it could be someone who was on loan at a different yeah. team. But um, yeah, someone who's on our books last season to qualify for this. Who have you gone for? Really difficult. I've gone for Berger again, which is a bit of a cop-out, but I do think it'll be a lot, lot better. I think at the moment is there's still a lot of fans understandably thinking, mm, is he worth this sort of money? I, I think by the end of next season, we'll be saying, yeah, we, that that is obviously 
a really, really good signing. The only other person who really springs to mind, a couple of people spring to mind to me on this one, is uh, Ben Osborne, I think, will play more games this season, mm. just due to the fact that I think there'll be more uh, chances for him in terms of injuries and things like that. I think he, he sort of broke out at the end of last season, but I think he'll be, become a pretty steady Premier League player in the next year. And McBurn is the other one. Yeah, McBurney's who I've gone for. Um, I think the sign, you know, the, the the trend was going in the right direction for him yeah. uh, in the second half of the season. As he, you know, as we, I guess as we, he kind of learned the role a little bit and obviously got his fitness levels up as well because, yeah, he's, I think he was way behind uh, the levels he was at. At the How can I put this? At the start of the season, he was well behind the levels he was at at the end of the season. And I think that yeah. showed in the actual output as well. Um, I think we, you know, we, we seem pretty clear that he is our number one striker, which um, wasn't the case. I think at the start of the season, he's still feed, feeling his way into the team a little bit. Yeah, I can, you know, with, with fairly limited chances, I suppose to get six goals is pretty good. I could see him, yeah, getting up to double figures this season, and I think that then puts him in contention for our player of the season winner as well. I mean. The work he does off the ball is tremendous. You know, great in the air. I think it was only it was only Hallow won more headers last season, more attacking headers last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in the player ratings, we talked about all the all the stats that show what a fantastic presser he is in terms of just not giving a minute's peace to defenders. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's, he's he's lived up to his um, his price tag so far. To be honest, it's now he's, uh, he's only young as well, and a lot of people forgot mm-hmm. it's his first proper season in the Premier League, and he does get a lot of sticks. He only scores six goals and stuff. But my my thing with Bernie is I said it before that I want him to be more seven or eight out of ten every week rather than a nine than a four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, a few uh, over unders for various things, similar ones we went to last season. Um, Billy Sharp over or under? Three and a half league goals. So, do you think he will score four or more, or three or less? Basically, I've gone over because I think he'll start the season for the first few games. I think that is the case for going over, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. Musa doesn't appear to be fit, but Bernie's still coming back from uh, from a knock himself. Um, yeah, he's that really proper fit striker, the the thirty five year old Billy Sharp, however old he is. <laughs> Yeah, I can, I can see him starting. I will go under. He scored three last season, mm-hmm. and I do think he'll play less through the season. He played, I think it was about a thousand minutes last season. I think the plan has to be for that to come down. I think he'll get four. Okay, I like it. I'm I'm going under. I think probably probably two. I reckon, but yeah, yeah I, I agree that he probably will be a starting striker uh, to start the season, and certainly. Certainly heavily involved in the first sort of month or so, I suppose. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. Once we sign like a, I mean, I do think we'll sign a striker, but as it stands, the game kicks off on Monday. He's yeah. definitely starting. I, I, I think I don't think there's any real argument about that. I'd be surprised, yeah. Yeah, unless there's, you know, there's a fitness Unless McGoldrick's fitter than we think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or even McBurney, to be honest. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about clean sheets? We had this one last year. Uh, over or under nine and a half? Um... I think I went, yeah, I went over last season uh, and we hit it quite comfortably with 13. Mm. Let's see, Matt, we got last season. What do you reckon this year? I've gone under again. I think, mm. I think, I think I'll be honestly happy with nine, to be honest. I think that'll be fine. Uh, I, I think we'll concede more goals. Uh, so I've got under it, yeah. I'm going to go over again. Like I say, 13 last season. It's not unusual to get 10 clean sheets. Um, half the league managed it last season, including, mm. you know, some random teams down at the bottom of the league. Um, I, I think yeah, we'll, we'll concede more, but 
um, I could still see a world in which, you know, we're still going to be good defensively. Yeah. So I think we will win some games 1-0. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like 10 or more there. I'm going over. Yeah. Um, combined league goals by centre-backs, and I'll allow Ampadu to be included in this. Over or under four and a half? I think we had just the two last season. So yeah. basically, do you think we can get to five, or is it going to be less than five? I think we're going to get to five this year. I think O'Connell's got to score. <laughs> yeah. He has to score. Egan should have had about 15 last season. <laughs> 12, so. I mean, a lot of people slag our free kicks and corners off. And I think it's in the Observer thing that you did yourself where it, it points out that we're... Was it in that? So somewhere I read it anyway, where it points out we're the 18th best side in terms of set pieces. Oh, for goals, yeah. It was, um, I can't remember the website. Daniel Story had done the... Uh, oh, right, the, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, and I think that is possibly less. To, I mean, we get hammered for deliveries. Norwood gets hammered for deliveries. I think it's less to do with that personally. And we've had some amazing chances from set pieces. And it's another thing where you think, can that carry on? Can we keep missing those really, really good chances? Mm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going over as well. I think uh, give me three from Egan, two from O'Connell, and uh, Ampadu's chip in with one as well. Might be a little bit of a cheat there if he plays in midfield, I suppose, but. Yeah, I think that's got to improve this year. And I'm, I'm sure that's something that we will be looking at as like... Yeah. Because yeah, we were amazing defensively. I think uh, I think it was only Liverpool conceded less from set pieces last season. Yeah. And it was like really, really good defensively from set we pieces. We are good. But... I, I, honestly, when we get a set piece, every club thinks their team is rubbish at set pieces <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so we never score off corners and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> I actually think Norwell puts in some brilliant deliveries at times and we just don't capitalise on them. Yeah, Fleck as well from the other side. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll take the over on that. All right, what about this one? Uh, which Sheffield team will finish the season with more points? And obviously, one of them starts on minus twelve. Yes. What do you reckon? I've got United. I initially did think Wednesday. Like I thought that. Sorry, I, I did think Wednesday stay up initially. I just think the signings so far have been so uninspiring. Wednesday signings. I, I thought this was a really good time for them to build, and I know it's difficult to, to get players on board when you're on minus twelve and stuff, but. The players that they're signing for me, and I'm not saying this in a biased way, I'm genuinely trying to look at this from as neutral as possible. They're not sort of like, yeah, that's going to change everything. And they, they may come good. There's a couple of youngsters in there. They've got that kid from Man City, the, uh, the, the guy from Wigan, who I think is fairly solid. The, but the rest of them, nothing there for me. They're playing with Adam Reach up front on his own at the moment. Yeah. I I am going to say Wednesday here. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll go down. But, I, you know, the. I'm going to pick that, but I think it's going to be close. I mean, if you figure, mm. uh, if you figure we get 45 points this season, then uh, they obviously need to get 46 plus 12, so they need to get close mm. to 50 points. Um, yeah. Which is sorry, they need to get close to, to 60 points. 60, sorry, yeah. um, which is is an ask. You know, that's that implies they're going to have a good season. I mean, if the 60 points last season would have been. 10 points off the playoffs. It's more than they got last season. They got 56. Yeah. So the I, more... think, I think the reason Wednesday might survive this year, it might be a bit of a Villa scenario where other teams are quite poor, I think. Um, mm. I think, for instance, Huddersfield, God knows what they're doing. You know, with yeah. like uh, they've sacked, obviously, the Cowley brothers and stuff. Uh, and I think there's a, there's a couple of other teams down there who, you know, Luton, and you imagine, are going to struggle again. Uh, the Wickham Wanderers looked really poor, I thought, last season in the playoffs. So I've got to admit, that's the only thing I'm basing it on. Don't think Birmingham are in great shape. Uh, yeah. and QPR, these are teams who you could, they could all, you know, be down there. So I wouldn't be surprised if Wednesday stayed up at all, but I think they're going to need to make better signings. Yeah. 
So I will say that they'll get more points than us this season, which, you know, it's not that bold a take in terms of they did it last season by two points. But yeah, obviously starting on minus 12 is, uh, makes it a more interesting uh, more interesting pick, that mm. one, I think, or, or more interesting one-two pick, I should say. Yeah. All right, last prediction. And this was, a, this was a proper famous last words last year. <laughs> so we'll see how we get on this season. Uh, I'm, I'm including Hawkeye in this as well, but VAR and Hawkeye... Will we go through anything as bad as we did last season? Yes or no? I don't think we can possibly get as bad as that Villa goal. <laughs> That's what I've got as well. It's, it's not possible, surely. You can't, and yet, you can't score a goal again and it not being given. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's hard to Im- it's hard to imagine what could possibly happen. Like maybe the ball going through the side netting and it being given as a goal <laughs> against us. Yeah, like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to imagine what could possibly happen. I mean, we had we had the ref tackling the play, tackling one of our players to assist a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the the big toe offside one. Uh, it seems had, to be the first major big VAR controversy, didn't they? That one. Yeah, we had the uh, it, the linesman puts his flag up, but mm-hmm. uh, oh, it turns out it wasn't offside one. And obviously, uh, Hawkeye at Villa. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to conceive a situation that's going to be more shocking than that, but. Who knows what they've got in store for us, mate? Honestly, don't. I, I, I actually was talking about, obviously, the fans coming back and all this sort of stuff, and we're talking to a kid at work about it, and I goes, I, you know, they're not coming back, but at least, you know, the football's going to be on it. It's going to be a bit weird and stuff. Then he goes, yeah, and VAR. I goes, oh, I forgot about VAR. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, they're occupied with everything else going on at the moment. You forget that, oh, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to show us the uh, pictures anymore, I don't think, or they're just going to be, uh, this is the decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is we'll see gonna, how that's just gonna go to Man United. <laughs> God. Yeah, just just kick off the game with the penalties in Man United. Yeah. Just, just save us all some time. Yeah, I've, I've got to say no. I mean, maybe there'll be something that makes us just as furious, but I just don't see how anything can happen. <laughs> just get this one clipped. This is bad as the Villa non-goal last season. I just can't see it. So yeah, I'm gonna go no as well. Right, mate, that is all our predictions. Uh, it all kicks off next Monday. We're like five days' time, six o'clock, Wolves at home. It doesn't feel very long since we were playing them uh, at six o'clock, I think it was, in uh, whatever it was a couple of months ago as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it rolls back round again. Uh, how, how much are you looking forward to the return of, uh, of the Blades? I am, I, I, I'm not going to lie. There's that tinge of disappointment again that you can't be there. It's not as yeah. exciting as it would have been any other season. But... Yeah. As soon as that game kicks off, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat, and it's everything else is just going to fade into it, <laughs> you know, fade into oblivion. So um, I'm, re- I am looking forward to it, really am. And I, and you know, we, it's weird because last time when we kicked off, we were really looking forward to it, and we were rubbish when we <laughs> first started. And then you think football's rubbish, and then as soon as we started winning again, you were like, oh, it's all right, this actually is no fan stuff. I'm getting on board with it now. <laughs> and then we were rubbish again at the end of the season, like I need fans back. So as soon as that game kicks off. Everything else is just going to, you know, be just a, a a nothingness to me. Yeah, sorry to uh, end the pod on a slightly down note, but that's I, my I, fault. I don't... Yeah, we're going to finish now with Radiohead, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I, um, it, you know, to be to be brutally honest, it's been quite hard to uh, muster too much enthusiasm about this season. I mean, the weirdest preseason. You know, we had yeah. uh, what did we play? Three friendlies in the end, three and a half. You know, we had first friendly mm-hmm. was. It was rained off halfway through. We had a 
behind closed doors, swiftly rearranged match against Dundee's reserves or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then we're an international break, which means we didn't have any of our first team. I mean, well, this is the thing as well because it's been. I'm just having a look now. When did we play Southampton in the last game? It was uh, 26th of the seventh. So, so six weeks ago, it's two months. It almost doesn't feel like we've been away. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you, you sort of got. Uh, I'm glad we've signed some new players now because it's mm. kind of just spiced it up a little bit. But it's been like, what was the point of this preseason? I mean, you know, we we didn't have our one new signing, Ramsdale, who's on international duty for uh, two thirds of it, basically. Would say mm. uh, I can't recall the team that played against uh, Preston completely off the top of my head, but I think maybe three of that team will start against Wolves. I think uh, what was it, Norwood, um, Burnie, and Stevens. Bash. Basham, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, so it's like, what was the point? I mean, you know, the only consolation is other teams obviously have it at least as bad, if not worse, in terms of internationals mm. missing. But yeah, yeah it's, it's not, it's obviously not a normal season. Blah, 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 all I don't kind think of thing. players are going to be anywhere near as fit as well. I've been looking at the international games and I don't know how much they're putting into it because they don't want to get injured, but mm. I don't think anyone looks really ready, do they? No, and we'll just see who is the uh, the least unready of uh, of each team, I suppose. But no, you you're absolutely right. As soon as uh, you know, as soon as that team's announced on uh, at five o'clock on Monday, and as soon as we see players stepping back out of Bramall Lane, I'm going to be suspending that sense of uh, I don't know disenchantment around uh, around the current iteration of football, I suppose, and just just grateful to have the blades back on screen until yeah, we lose our exactly, first yeah. ten games in a row and. Uh, uh, Twenty points behind Leeds or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we well that's it, mate. We we'll we'll wrap up there. We'll be back to uh, to obviously talk about that game uh, early next week. So yeah, I am uh, I am obviously looking forward to the return of football, despite what I just said. It is. Yeah. I think I think it's uh, another them as soon as it all kicks off, not just for United but just around the leagues. It's, I think we'll be grateful for the the distraction and the uh, you know the ability to talk about uh, talk about that once again and, and things that don't matter quite so much and distract us from uh, from the rest of the world I suppose yeah, so the yes world yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yes bring it on right what what have you got to plug you obviously you returned well, from holiday busy, busy very busy man your ears. I've got I've got loads to plug. I've got uh, I did all four sign three signing so far, but I've got the Burt one ready. That's that's an interesting one. <laughs> uh, a couple of uh, international views, which again are not the most positive. Uh, particularly Flake, who Scotland fans seem to have decided are rubbish, just like McBurney. But you know, that's uh, could be other things to that. <laughs> the actual just the football inside. But yeah, I've got honestly, there's about like eight views I've done since I've been back off holiday. So check them out at roysviewfrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter. Top man. Right. There we go. We'll leave it there, mate. Thank you for all your time. That's uh, good. It's helped me get my head into uh, what this Premier League season is looking like. Because, yeah, as I said, le- leading up to uh, probably pre- preparing for this podcast, I was like, I just can't keep track. I don't understand. Like the Carabao Cup kicked off like ten days ago, and like, yeah, I'm sort of looking down the live score app, going like, are these real games or are these still friendlies? Well, you know, you got United playing a closed door beyond closed doors friendly uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon or eleven o'clock yeah. in the morning, whatever the hell it was. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this? Like, this is just so bizarre. So. um yeah, ready for ready for the real thing. Bring it on, and uh, yeah, we'll be back to talk about Sheffield United Wolves. Hopefully, as uh, as uh, I guess uh, exciting. I don't know. It wasn't the most exciting. Game. Exciting a result this time round mm, as uh, yeah. as last time. Tough and, start. Uh, really, really tough start. Um, but yeah. sometimes you want to get them games out of the way, don't you? So 
Aye, a little bit, although I'm not sure if Leeds will be thinking that with the Liverpool away to start the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See how that one goes. Nice one, mate. Thanks as always for your time. We'll leave it there and I'll speak to you later. Cheers, mate. Thank you.